Knights to the offensive zone to Donov. Between the legs, pass, White Cloud, scores! Two goals for White Cloud! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Works to the middle, he shoots, he scores! What a move from Nick 3-1 Golden Knights! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at lvsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Couple games of the National Hockey League tonight. Washington and Boston squaring off this evening. Some news on Tuka Rask coming up in one-timers. It's 2-2. Pasternak and Marchand have scored for the Bruins after Connor Sheary scored a couple of times to give the Capitals a 2-0 lead. And a listener text in answering your question about Mike Gartner. Yeah, it was Glenn Anderson who was traded for Mike Gartner, Glenn Anderson, of course, multiple time winner mm-hmm. of the Stanley Cup. And that was a weird trade because I think it happened like so late in, in the season. It was a it, it was a mean trade. Yeah, because Mike Gartner was who, who never won the cup. Yeah. Played all those games, scored all those goals, and Keenan shipped him out and just like pulled the rug right out. Oh poor that, guy. that was a heartbreaking trade. Yeah, that's tough. It's tough. Oh. Although I I like Mike Keenan. Yeah. It's just entertaining. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get with with, with Mike. Uh, we are the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for that feedback, uh, Brian, for uh, sending us the note on who uh, Mike Gardner was traded for. Uh, Darren Millard and Chris Chapman in the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. And on with us is Ryan Wallace, who uh, wants to uh, chime in on the ratings. Says, let's get the results from this weekend. You see what I do that time with the pepper? You see what I do with the pepper? The people, the people, they want the pepper, all right? They want the pepper. They do want the pepper, and we want the ratings from an emotionally filled return for Marc-Andre Fleury, but a 2-1 loss to the Chicago Blackhawks. Chapman, I feel like this is going to be full of apologies no. before you give us no. the rating. No, no, no apologies because I'm not going to hold the punches back Uh it was a bad game. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm going like below average. It was just bad. Um, if you get beat in that game and Mark Andre Fleury stands on his head and plays out of his mind, that's one thing. Fleury really only had to make one huge save, and it was the one that Ryan referenced earlier with the Donoff, and he kind of made the fish out of water save. It was the reverse Lidstrom save. Yeah, it was awesome. It was yeah. a great save. But you, you take the one, one nothing lead, and it wasn't like it was a high danger chance. It was you win the draw and, and Ben Hutton just shoots it in and, and it goes in. Uh, you had zero, not a lot of offensive pressure in that one. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the two guys who scored for Chicago, it's not like you got beat by Debrinket or Kane or Taze. It was Jujar Kara and yeah. Riley Stillman who scored yeah. those two goals well, for they, Chicago. They, they appreciate the faith that you have in them. Well, I mean, I like Jujar Kara, but I mean, the reality is... So where is are you going? You've got, me, I'm, I'm you've going, got me tense over here. I'm going jalapeno. It wasn't the worst game they've played all season, but it was bad. So two out of five. Two out of five. All right, Ryan. Yeah, I. it, it was a it was a bad game. Uh, as, as we've referenced here a couple of times, the Golden Knights were fine in the first period, but really just didn't have much of anything going in the second or third period. There there wasn't great puck support. They weren't able to get into the offensive zone. They weren't able to create grade-A scoring chances. And while Marc-Andre Fleury did have to make one really brilliant save, 
Uh, by and large, most of his saves were routine, and everything was kept mostly to the outside, which you know isn't necessarily a, a, an issue if you're playing a team like Nashville or Tampa or or you know a team that that is looking to take that away from you. But you're playing one of the worst defensive teams in the league in the Chicago Blackhawks. That's a problem for me. Um, I've debated. I, I I've been going back and forth in my mind of of just how angry I want to make Darren Millard in this moment, uh, because Bell Pepper crossed my mind. It, it literally did. Um, Bell Pepper's but, a one out of five, right? Yeah, it's a one out of five. But I'll, I'll go. I'll go uh, kind of to the mean. I'll regress to the mean a little bit. I'll go jalapeno here. Were you just gonna take Bell Pepper to make me angry? Part of it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's not bad motivation. Sports oh no! It's, it's the only it's the only motivation. Yeah. Uh, what would you guys say if I went four out of five? Oh no! Oh come on! Oh no! That's ridiculous! No, 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 no I'm not no, going to no. do it. We're I, revoke, I'm not we're revoking. We're revoking. I just, I just okay, wanted to know the, the, what what you guys would say. Listen, if you curious. went four out of five, if you legitimately went four <laughs> out of five, we would revoke your right to giving a rating for the next week and a half. I, 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 would, I would tell you penalized. this: if, if you went four yeah. out of five. I would make sure Brian McCormick was sitting in that chair tomorrow and not you. Four to oh, I'd like to see you try. Oh, that'd be great. Four. That'd four. be great. Four, four, four. This, this guy over here with his power, that's amazing. I, 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 boss, Darren was mean to me. He said mean things to oh. me. He harassed me. The, the, the best part about it is th- this is the, the one time where I'm not being mean to you yeah, and, you would, and you would sell me I'd out. Make it uh, up. Trying to get Brian. No, uh, uh, I'm not going to go four out of five. Uh, that would be uh, too high. But I do want to acknowledge a couple of things. The tribute was fantastic, and the start of the night was exactly what it should have been. It was emotional. It was it was a chance for closure for the fans, and I I commend the fans for how they handled it throughout. Uh, I don't mind the cheers for Mark Andre Fleury making saves, but there was uh, a lot of cheers for Robin Leonard. When he played uh, and and stepped up and and made his impact on the game, there was no jeers when the two pucks went in, and I I left Friday's show by saying there's nothing wrong with supporting Mark Andre Fleury, but remember who the players are that are going to be on the ice on Tuesday. That's tomorrow night against the Toronto mm-hmm. Maple Leafs, and uh, y- you handled yourself great. Uh, fan base. There was nothing over the top or mean or uh, of that ilk. So, uh, one to the fans, great job. And and I hope you enjoyed it every bit as much as as, as I did. The other part was Robin Leonard played really well. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I thought it was, it was a really important game. Even though uh, Vegas outshot Chicago, uh, the, the chances against Vegas were good and Robin Leonard didn't, didn't let that become a 4-1 or a 5-1 game, and there was, he didn't let it become a narrative. And I'm really excited to, uh, about him, uh, for him uh, about that. But at, at the, the ratings, like for the actual performance on the ice and the game, it, it's, it's a bell pepper and a half. Like mm-hmm. it, given what was at stake, that's probably why I drop it to uh, like a one and a half. Just because I I expected more and and I wanted them to, I wanted the perception that they were playing more for Robin and mm-hmm. and there's it was a difficult game for I, I underestimated how much difficulty it would be for a lot of those guys to play against Mark Andre. Now it's over and we can move on. But I, I'm a one and a half guy. 
I think this may be a first. So listeners should mark this on their calendar. I think this is the first time that me and Ryan have gone low, mm-hmm. and you have gone lower than me and Ryan. Which, yep. which, and the, like you mentioned, I think Robin Leonard played good enough yes. to win the game. Absolutely. You know, you give up two goals, you should win that game. Just it, it was the end of a long week, and uh, excuses are at sometimes hollow. Mm-hmm. But like they were, they looked tired during that game. It it had a different feel on the ice in the second and third period, where the expected push didn't come, and and I I would anticipate that we'll see. Um, they, they've been great at bouncing back. Like mm-hmm. the uh, the game after uh, the Nashville game against the New York Rangers, that was a great game. Uh, they they locked it down. I, I think this team's been really really accomplished at at stepping up after what you consider to be a, a medium game and i would uh fully anticipate that happening tomorrow night but uh but i'll go i'll go one and a half those are your ratings uh from the game uh involving the chicago blackhawks and a 2-1 win over the uh vegas golden knights uh a game in which uh you saw the uh, misfits uh, back together. Uh, you saw uh, Mark Stone with the Donov. You, you, you're starting to see uh, a little bit more from Nolan Patrick. Uh, I think that should be acknowledged again uh, that, that we're in the last three weeks uh, and we talk about the bigger names. Uh, I think we're seeing some, some solid progression and growth in Nolan Patrick's game, Ryan. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I think that you're you're getting a player that's seemingly more and more comfortable, um, just kind of in his game and in what he is bringing to the table. And you know, for me, it was it was the the setup for Brett Howden in the game against the Rangers. It was that beautiful drop pass just inside uh, the blue line and drawing three or four guys away from Brett Howden. The misdirection that that was just one of those plays where you see the smarts of Nolan Patrick and understanding where the pressure is coming from and what he needs to do in order to set his teammate up in a really good spot. Um, you know, and then getting getting points in consecutive games, like that's going to go a, a long way to just continuing to build the confidence. So what you're, what you're getting now with Nolan Patrick is a player that's looking to make plays, and I think that that's the most important thing uh, for a guy that's, that's trying to find his place with a new club is, is the confidence and, and the belief that you can go out there and make plays. Uh, for Patrick, it's progress. Uh, for Ben Hutton, it's uh, a, a milestone, scoring his mm-hmm. first goal with the Vegas Golden Knights. That's now 25 different goal scorers this year for the Golden Knights, and we're not halfway through the year. Yeah. I anticipate we're going to see a 26th <laughs> some, sometime in February uh, with the <laughs> arrival of, of, of number nine, but uh I don't know whether you can you can add on too many more uh, to this because Ben Hatton was the last of the regulars uh, that that hadn't scored a goal, but 25, 26 different goal scores that gives you an indication of how much of a challenge this season's been uh, on its own. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's kind of the common refrain this year, and I think it's one that you know maybe maybe becomes a bit frustrating to continue to talk about it, but if it's frustrating to talk about it or hear about it imagine what it's like inside that locker room every time you have a game in which you think you're back to full strength and you can go on a bit of a run only to have injury or covid take that lineup and say well 
good luck with that. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's indicative of what the Golden Knights have had to deal with all all throughout the year. It's been injuries. It's been COVID. It's been in and out of the lineup, different lineups every single night. And yet this team still sits at the top of the Pacific Division. I I want Daniil Miramonov to score. I want him to be the last of the, the first-timers to score yeah. a goal, called up uh, yeah. late in the season, and have him. Because I... If there's ever a celebration outside of Mark Stone or a, or a Jack Eichel scoring his first goal in, with his new team and being a Stanley Cup contender, it's Miramanov's celebration with that personality and uh, and that game uh, too uh, to to watch him uh, enjoy the moment. That that's the the icing right there uh, on this cake of uh, all these goal scores. So twenty seven goal scores. That's what you're asking for. I'm, this I'm year? asking for for twenty seven. Okay, I'm with you. Thirty would if we get to thirty. Jeez, <laughs> it's a bad thing. Yeah, no, they, they'll they'll get mad at you because you're the one that brought it up here, Chapman. I'm looking at the statistics right now, and there are six guys who have skated, non goalies, who have played a game for the Golden Knights and have not scored. Mm-hmm. I think one of those guys will probably at some point when he does come back score a goal, and that's Alec Martinez. He has not scored a goal Ooh, in 11 I, I didn't games. I realize that. So, uh, yeah, so so no goals for Martinez. Miramanov, Sven Berchi, okay, one so, game, so no on. goals. So we're at 25, counting Martinez and Eichel. That's 27. Thank you. I'm good at math. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you Chapman and I yeah. were on the same page. Now, now one guy. One you guys guy, are finishing each other's sentences. It's so cute. So I'll give him, <laughs> Miramanov will be 28. And then who else do we have? Well, there's Sven Berchi. I'm yeah. not sure. Uh, okay. One guy has only played only played four minutes, so I don't know if that's really fair that's to play. That's going to be a tough one. Dorofeyev. Yeah. Ben Jones. And one guy, there is no chance he's scoring because he was traded. Okay. So that's Peyton Krebs. So uh, so there's 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 a couple Chapman. other guys in there. Chapman, you're forgetting the most obvious one. Robin Leonard. Goalie goal. Oh, my God. To get to 30. That, that would be... Ooh. Great. That would be fantastic. I, you know what? There was the game where Brassois. Brassois, yes. I would put Brassois ahead of Leonard because sure. I, yeah, and, and I was the one who asked one. him the post game, and he said, "Oh yeah, I absolutely thought about it." But I can't remember who that was against. But were you, were you thinking about it? Oh, I was definitely thinking. Yeah, about it. Yeah. I think was was, was how that uh, that interaction went uh, with Laurent Brassois. Uh, haven't uh, talked about him. Haven't seen him in a little bit. Uh, hopefully, he's on his way back uh, soon as as the Golden Knights go through this. Uh, Four games have been postponed for the Vegas Golden Knights. We have this area in February, and Friedman and I chatted about it this morning. And you should have a listen to the to the Chirp podcast just based on how it's going to relate to the Golden Knights and the schedule uh, that's coming up in February. He's, Friedman, that is, uh, is uh, reporting that some teams have seen what their schedule will look like already. Mm. And while the all-star game is a go, and that's great news, it's, there, there was a, some speculation behind the scenes that it may be put on the shelf, especially when the Olympics were, were postponed. Not the Olympics postponed, but NHL participation in the Olympics uh, was taken off the table. Uh, it's a go uh, for, the, uh, for the NHL all-star game. And the break... For some teams, is going to be, from the sounds of it, that All Star Weekend, and if any players participate from those teams, 
they'll come to Vegas for the three days, and then they'll go back and right back into it. Like it's wow. it's that jammed. Uh, I did the math the other day with with Lawless, and we're at a, a hundred and at that point, a hundred and two games had been postponed. Mm-hmm. There's 17 days outside of the NHL All Star Weekend and the resumption of the schedule, where there's there's no games on the list. Mm-hmm. If you play those 102 games inside those 17 days, that's an average of six games a day. Wow. That's a lot. Yep. It's going to be really challenging to make up all these dates. They're going to try because they don't want to extend the season. They would they would prefer not to. Now, what's, uh, what you may see is some games from March – like for a team like Vegas, for a team like Anaheim that's played uh, a lot of games, uh, some of these clubs that are that are approaching the halfway point of the season, you might see a couple of their games from later in the season that haven't been postponed moved into the February window to try and, and get ahead of it uh, a little bit and, and create some, some space. But uh, Vegas... Compared to the Canadian teams, there's so many of those clubs that have been had their schedule just devastated because of uh, attendance restrictions and pushing those back as much as they can so they can they can put crowds in. They're going to have a ton to make up. There's there's some clubs that are that are six eight games behind, and you get into two months of a season trying to make up eight games. The, that that becomes challenging just from a fatigue standpoint. So uh, not only is Vegas getting players back from injury, uh, but they're in a good spot with just the four uh, postponed right now. Uh, we have one-timers uh, coming up. Uh, let's uh, take a break. And uh, we also have tickets to the Penguins game. So before we go to break, I want to tell you that we have two tickets to the Penguins game, which is next Monday, a week tonight, Call right now to 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. I'm not going to uh, push it to the next segment and just tease it. We're going to give away two tickets right now. Ryan, which caller do you want to reward with those tickets? Ooh, let's go 71. Are you kidding? What do you mean? That's mean. So? Chapman, remember who's got your back here. Caller number 71. To 702-876-1340. Uh, one-timers and then catching up with Chapman if he's done answering 71 calls uh, by the end of the show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Here we go. Tuka Rask, uh, the Boston Bruins. Uh, his return to the NHL will be decided this week, uh, said Bruins head coach Butch Cassidy. Uh, he practiced uh, Rask uh, with the Providence Bruins. He was supposed to play on the weekend, but those uh, AHL games were postponed. Uh, so right now he's in a bit of limbo. Uh, 34-year-old unrestricted free agent uh, signed a professional tryout contract with the Bruins affiliate on January 6th. It said it would take him eh, a couple of games. Uh, to get back at it. But now with uh, the AHL schedules that are up in the air, they've extended that AHL schedule 
uh, by a week uh, just from a Henderson Silver Knight front. But uh, Tuka Rask, uh, not sure yet when the Boston Bruins will have their three goaltenders. Their, their two goalies that they have, Linus Olmark and Jeremy Swayman, are both like top 12 in save percentage. <laughs> so you talk about the rich getting richer with the Boston Bruins. And they're a team that... They're one of those clubs that's that's having to make up a lot of these games. Uh, they're right around. I think they play. They're playing the 32nd game tonight, and they're in a wild card spot. Uh, and they haven't played as many games as others, so they're in a pretty good spot and getting better with the uh, with the goaltending. I would expect if they can, Linus Ulmark will be the guy that goes. And uh, they've been looking for for a forward for a while. And there's the whole Jake DeBrusk thing uh, that's continuing on that front. Yeah, I you know again, I I think that we're talking about teams that should be in the market for a goaltender. It's the Edmonton Oilers, and that is the entirety of the list. I mean, there are other teams, but the only one that I think is even remotely interesting is the Oilers. So if uh, if Allmark is available or Swayman is available, whatever the case may be, with Tuukka Rask coming back. Um, the Edmonton Oilers need to move heaven and earth to find a way to get one of the three from the Boston Bruins or just any goaltender of any regard at any point in time here in the season. Pittsburgh Penguins are at T-Mobile Arena a week from tonight. Always fun to see Sidney Crosby uh, roll through town. A couple of different uh, news items on the Penguins. One, Evgeny Malkin will be a game-time decision for their game tomorrow against the Anaheim Ducks. He has yet to play this year. Number two, the president of hockey operations, Brian Burke, has said that he fully uh, thinks that there are they are a Stanley Cup contender this year, but he said they're probably going to have to get by with what they have and don't mm. expect the, the big trade coming in. And he said, with all due respect uh, to Jimmy Rutherford, uh, the, the cupboard's empty as far as being able to sell off assets for I believe his term was for a 20% better chance to win it all. Uh, and mm-hmm. so that's, I'm, part of me thinks he's already had this conversation with Sid and, and Chris Letang and Malkin, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, but doesn't, uh, don't, don't look for the big trade from Ron Hextall, who's the general manager there uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yep. Uh, but Malkin, uh, Malkin might be their trade deadline acquisition as he is a game time decision tomorrow night. Um, yeah, okay, so that, that makes a lot of sense, um, but what if you can acquire a player or bring in a player where you don't actually have to trade anything for them? Okay. What do you I think? mean, I think you know where I'm going here, right? Like, you want a little bit more scoring depth, you want a player that, you know, is, is going to produce for you, maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins take a flyer on Evander Kane. Maybe it happens. Yeah. And that would be uh, with the salary cap. You'd, you'd expect him to play for uh, a lower number on a short-term deal. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I could I could see it. Uh, that's not a bad angle for it. And let's go down the Evander Kane path. Uh, his contract's been terminated, uh, and the National Hockey League Players Association has grieved that. Um, that's just part of precedent. You don't want a team to just be able to get rid of a player uh, without mm-hmm. without challenging it for uh, uh, something that's not like a, like a super obvious reason. And it's no secret yeah. that that San Jose 
organization was kind of waiting, okay, what's going to happen? And then they got their reason, or a couple of reasons, because uh, Evander Kane uh, tested positive uh, for COVID or was placed in COVID protocol uh, while with the San Jose Barracuda and then traveled uh, without permission, uh, according to the team. Uh, to Canada and then didn't come back in time according to the team so there's the reasoning that the San Jose Sharks uh, have opted to terminate the contract and the NHLPA is saying we don't really see that you may you may not like the guy but that's not really reason to terminate 23 million dollars left on the contract so the arbitrator will decide that uh, everybody seems to think that uh, that there'll be a settlement in that regard uh, and I'm I'm surprised at how much perceived interest there is in Evander Kane playing for another team this year. Really? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all, to be honest. Uh, just when you talk about uh, chemistry and, and and Pittsburgh is a good example of hey, if 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 you're gonna put them into a room, it better be a really strong room. That's a strong room. So I that that mm-hmm. that would yeah. be one of those rare ones where okay uh, I could see it, but yeah I'm I'm just I'm I'm surprised at the start of a year where you can kind of hit the ground everybody at the same time, that's that's another story. This year uh, I'm a little bit uh, taken aback at that because there is there is interest out there uh, in in yeah. Evander Kane. Yeah, I mean I, I think that this is. You know, some teams, especially I would I would imagine contending teams that don't have a lot of money, that don't have the ability or the want or the desire to go out and make a big splash in, in the trade market. I think this this provides a, a possibility to to bring in a player that has historically been a twenty five goal guy and and produces at the NHL level. So if you're looking at a contender who is looking for a forward, and you reasonably think that for one year you can get this player. Uh, on on a very very cheap deal, I think there's going to be plenty of interest around, and and I, I don't I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that Evander Kane uh, will be in the NHL probably before the end of the month. Chapman, is it wrong of me to just kind of hope that somehow, some way, he ended up with the New York Rangers? Why? I just think it'd be fascinating with him and Reeves on the same team. Oh, <laughs> I never even thought that. I, I... <laughs> I I would think the Chris Drury <laughs> would be ahead of that. I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, look, I, 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 I am Drury would be the, quicker than I am. I am of the belief that the two of those guys could put their differences aside to try to win a Stanley Cup. I And the Rangers are a team that wants some toughness, maybe still. You know, they they lost Sammy Blake. I, I think they've I think they've gotten plenty tough, Chapman. Come on. But I mean, you you had a, a guy who, as you mentioned, is a twenty five goal if scorer. You're, and... If you're if you're adding a Vander Kane, you're not adding him because you want him to fight for you. You're adding him because you want him to pot twenty five goals for you. Goals are good. Two notes. I would be more inclined to buy a ticket to a Ranger practice than I would a game if that <laughs> occurred. <laughs> And when Evander Kane does end up on another team and returns to San Jose, there will not be a tribute. But he played a bunch of games for him, Darren. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna exercise the uh, the option on that front. Okay. 
Jack LaFontaine. Do you know who Jack LaFontaine is? I know who Pat LaFontaine is. Yeah. Well, Jack LaFontaine is a goaltender for the uh, University of Minnesota, the Mike Richter Award winner last year for best college goaltender. He is now a University of Minnesota alum after he left school yesterday and signed a a one-year entry-level contract with the Carolina Hurricanes. He'll be paid uh, 750 grand prorated at the NHL level, and uh, 70 grand in the American Hockey League level. Very unusual that a player would leave in the middle of the college hockey season as a goaltender. It's happened a few times uh, for skaters, but for a goaltender uh, to leave midseason, Carolina's been just riddled with injuries with their goaltending throughout their system. And and so Lafontaine may actually get some some starts in, in the National Hockey League, but uh, that's that was an odd one. Uh, third round draft choice of the Carolina Hurricanes, and right in the middle of the campaign, I that may say as much as uh, Michigan's being so good and a couple of these mm-hmm. top heavy teams in in NCAA uh, as anything else. But uh, I was shocked when I saw that the, that the goaltender left college in the middle of the season. Well, I, as you mentioned, like if there's an opportunity to get some action, at the, you know, maybe maybe you just you, you view that as an opportunity, you view that as your chance, and you go and you make that bold decision. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out for Jack and, and the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, Colorado Avalanche came back, a storm back against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday night. Uh, Leafs yep. led 3 nothing at 4-1 and then mm-hmm. lost it in, in overtime. And the uh, That doesn't sound like Toronto. John Shannon called it the Rocky Mountain Express. That top line with the Colorado Avalanche uh, was was brilliant. But Gabriel Landeskog has been placed into COVID protocol. I don't know whether there's a team that's been hit harder by COVID protocol than the Colorado Avalanche. I almost am to the point now where I think everybody's had it there, mm-hmm. that there's almost yeah. herd immunity on that, that team. But uh, Gabriel Landeskog is the latest to uh, have, be placed into COVID protocol. He was named the NHL's first star for the week uh, after scoring seven points, four goals, three assists in three games. Yeah, I mean, not ideal, but, you know, the the other thing that the Colorado Avalanche have going for them beyond Gabe Landeskog going on an absolute heater is that Kale McCarr exists. And uh, Kale McCarr, to me, has, has kind of firmly put himself into the conversation of MVP so far this year. He's been dynamite for Colorado. He's the engine that's making everything go on a team with Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and Gabe Landeskog. Let that sink in for a minute. How about this? Uh, Chris Knobloch has been recalled from the Hartford Wolfpack at the American Hockey League, recalled by the New York Rangers. He's the coach. He's been recalled. It's the second time in two years. Chris Knobloch has been recalled from the Hartford Wolfpack to coach the New York Rangers because <laughs> the coach has been placed into a protocol. Uh, David Quinn a year ago, and now it's uh, Gerard Gallant who's uh, been placed in the COVID protocol when the team arrived in, in Los Angeles. They play the, the Kings tonight, but Chris Knobloch getting some, some serious time behind the bench of the National Hockey League uh, as a, as a just step in and, and take over. And, uh, and they actually had some success last year with them behind the mm-hmm. bench. So they're, they're fortunate to have that situation. But uh, one of those weird ones uh, where it's not even... Because Mike Kelly's in COVID protocol with the New York Rangers. Uh, they, they need another voice back there. And, and Chris Knobloch gets a chance to run the NHL bench again. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a, an unfortunate 
opportunity because, as, as you mentioned, it, it's Gerard Gallant and COVID protocol. But um, you, you take advantage of any situation you can and, and any opportunity that presents itself. And for Chris Knobloch, you, you go out there and you just try to do what you did the last time you filled in, win hockey games. Jack Quinn's going to make his NHL debut uh, tomorrow night when the Buffalo Sabres face the Tampa Bay Lightning. Number eight pick in the 2020 draft uh, is going to go back in. So uh, there's a, a little bit more uh, moving forward for the Buffalo Sabres, who have a good young group. Like mm-hmm. Anaheim, uh, I was watching them, and they're just an exciting young group. Uh, Detroit yesterday in that game head-to-head with all those freshmen uh, in the contest uh, is great. And I know it's not there yet, and Buffalo wanted bigger and better things this year than what the record has been. But I think you're seeing some some progress in the development and then the exposure to, to, to the National Hockey League and players like Jack Quinn. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly going to be a, a work in progress for the, the Buffalo Sabres. I, you know, I, I look at it from a couple of different angles. I, I think that, you know, right now you can see that there's a changing of the guard. Obviously, when you move on from a player like Jack Eichel, you have to understand and accept that there's going to be some pain associated with that. But in bringing in a guy like Alex Tuck and bringing in Peyton Krebs and, you know, surrounding uh, surrounding some of those those young high draft picks and, and as you mentioned Jack Quinn and then also you got Owen Power on the horizon too like that's that's going to be big for the for the the Buffalo Sabres to kind of turn the page on Jack Eichel and look forward to what the next two to three years might be for this club that grows together as a team and they get some goaltending in the stable Usapek and Lukanen and Devin Levi who's at Northeastern University and has been just owning it he's eight shutouts in 15 wins uh, at Northeastern this year. Uh, so they also have him. He was a Florida draft pick that uh, that Buffalo picked up. So some some, some positiveness down the road uh, in the next uh, year. Probably next year you expect that bump uh, for the Buffalo Sabres. And uh, on the subject of Buffalo, uh, just condolences to the family of, of Brian Blessing from uh, Las Vegas, uh, the Hockey Hotline, uh, a media member from his days in Buffalo for a couple of decades, uh, WIVB uh, TV, and then uh, also on radio in, in the Buffalo area, covered all those Super Bowl teams with the the Buffalo Bills, and and uh, and did the post game show uh, for the Buffalo Sabers. Uh, I, I remember uh, him when my Toronto days, knowing Brian, and then be able to meet him and connect with him. Uh, when I first met moved here, uh, he was he was great at reaching out and uh, being being a friend. And uh, he passed away this past weekend at the age of 64. Uh, and I want to just uh, mention that that Brian was a guy when when the hockey discussion started in the Las Vegas Valley about Bill Foley acquiring a National Hockey League expansion franchise and putting it in Las Vegas. Uh, Brian was right at the front of uh, of that group in, in talking to people and, and getting support and, and creating enthusiasm. I uh, did a daily hockey show uh, here in, in town, and uh, every time he, he would uh, see him around the rink or he'd ask a question on the Zoom the last couple of years, uh, you were getting a hockey guy who was, who was asking a question. Like, it was, it was in, his, in his bones. And, uh, and Brian Blessing uh, is going to be missed uh, in this market uh, by fans and, and by media members. Uh, it was a guy that just uh, his, he knew his stuff. 
Yeah, just a, a, a great guy, number one. Um, number two, a, a true hockey guy through and through, and I think that's kind of the big thing for me is, you know, there were moments early on in my career where I was behind the scenes and just had moments where I got to talk a little bit of hockey uh, with, with Brian and, and talk about the Buffalo Sabres, talk about, you know, just uh, certain things that, that he found interesting and insightful on the game. And, and I, I remember and, and cherish those conversations, but it's really one of the memories I, I have of Brian was, was talking to him shortly after the Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel uh, draft and, and, you know, there wasn't anyone, I think, in the in the moment happier than Brian because he absolutely loved Jack Eichel the way that he played, um, and and looked at that player in, in such an, a unique and interesting way. And you know, you, he and I had many a conversation about Jack Eichel uh, well before it was even a thing or an idea that he would be a Vegas Golden Knight. Um, so it, it's it's bittersweet to to have kind of that idea that uh, that Brian, of all people, that that would have loved to have seen that moment isn't going to and and that's that's something that i thought about a lot last night yeah gary lawless brought that up at nighttime at noon like uh, uh, he got to know that jack eichel was going to come uh to las Mm -hmm. vegas and had been acquired uh by the golden knights but uh but didn't end up uh, being able to to see him playing as a buffalo guy uh uh, that's uh, that's uh, a huge uh, disappointment, uh, and and then just the, the the fact that that raspy voice and he could effortlessly do an hour of sports talk radio, <laughs> effortlessly uh, talk yeah. about uh, the the Vegas Gold Knights and the National Hockey League. And again, uh, we will miss him. Uh, we'll miss his uh, question, his knowledge, and uh, his entertainment, his opinion, and uh, we send our condolences to the uh, family of Brian Blessing. Uh, those are your one timers. For January, Monday, it's Monday, right? On this Monday, uh, January, on Fox Sports, Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Christopher. All right, well, a couple weeks ago, we, we got a call about the Raiders, right? So um, we'll, we'll like to mention that I actually was, was lucky enough to be at that game last night and... Uh, it was one of the most wild NFL games I think I've ever seen, let alone in person. But congratulations to to the Raiders, and and it's very cool for Lotus because obviously we carry their games on Raider Nation Radio and, and Comp ninety two point three, the Rock Station. Just very very cool that they win. They make the playoffs. They're going to go to Cincinnati next week. Hopefully, get another win. But man, it's it's like the Golden Knights started something. They come to town. They're a playoff team. The Aces come to town. They're in the the WNBA championship. Raiders first season with fans. They're in the playoffs. I don't know. I I think uh, Sin City. There there must be something in the water because we've got a lot of pretty talented and, and good franchises here that that are winning a lot of games and getting into the playoffs. It's it's four very overtime cool. games. Four overtime games they won. And Daniel Carson. They they've won four straight games, but they've only they've only won by a combined twelve points in those four straight games. That's unbelievable. Daniel Carlson. I'm glad he got the big contract because he he's earned it. He has been kicking a lot this season, and uh, he gets the Raiders into the playoffs with with the field goal with two seconds to go last night in the overtime. You you weren't watching the broadcast, but uh, they kept mentioning he's never missed at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, I think he's got the longest. I know, but but I, I kept waiting. Oh, oh you knew it was uh, coming. Uh, yeah, uh, the whole yep. kabuki. <laughs> well, the good thing is his next kick very unlikely will not be at Allegiant Stadium. So if he misses it, he'll still have his streak intact. 
Are you not hoping for a tie? No, I, I well, no, because I wanted the Raiders to play the Bengals because I think they can beat the Bengals. I, was, I wanted the tie just for the outrage. The idea that it would have screwed the Steelers certainly was was. I didn't funny. want to screw the Steelers. I just wanted it to be a tie for the, to see what the outrage would be. I, I I think Raider fans actually probably would have been more disappointed because that would have meant the trip to Kansas City as opposed to Cincinnati. But I, I think they could beat the Bengals. I don't think they could beat the Chiefs. I just wanted the tie for the outrage. I know, I know. It would have been funny. It would have been, it would have been funny, Chaos. really funny. I, I, I think, and and for to come full circle on that, could you imagine had the Raiders tied that game and the Chargers back in the playoffs and then somehow they meet in the playoffs and the Chargers knock them out? I don't think Raider fans would ever forgive the coaching staff if that happened. It would have been that that would have been just you let them in because you didn't kick the field goal and Oh my goodness, you put way too much thought into that. Oh well, I mean that's that's what I do. Way, way more thought into it than <laughs> than uh, Listen, I, it's the NFL. Only seven teams in the conference make the playoffs. So the, the chance that you could hey, play I don't understand football, like all, all the plays and everything that, <laughs> that that goes into it. I do know that was a dumb timeout. No, I, I, I don't think it was. He only had ten guys on the field. Well, Wide receiver why? was not covered. Why? Well, that's, not that's, that's, well, on that's, on, that's on the coaching. but Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the timeout was necessary. I think you had to call it. And and he says, because uh, he wanted his best run defense. There, Daniel Carr was not throwing that football. Derek Carr. Derek no, Carr. Daniel Carr, Dan- possible Canadian Olympian, by the way. Yes. Uh, Derek <laughs> Carr was not throwing that football. Ever. Situation. You, you didn't need the wide receiver covered. No. Right? <laughs> Go Raiders. I'll just say that. I'll leave it at that. Go Raiders. Didn't need the wide receiver covered because <clears throat> it wasn't doing anything out there because they weren't throwing the football. Derek Carr may not have started the playoff game had he thrown that football <laughs> on that play. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Start yelling at clouds. <laughs> Going to give uh, Derek Carr a tribute, though, when he comes back. I think we guaranteed that, didn't we? With the, with the victory yesterday. Uh, tomorrow, we will be at T-Mobile Arena. Vegas Golden Knights against the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll see what comes out of the morning skate. Could be some news there.